the thing that is exciting, most exciting for me is the thing that gets me up in the morning is like, who do I get to talk to? Who do I get to meet? Who do I get to engage with? I've surround myself with inspiring people. Podcast Junkies, episode 189, one away from 190, which means 10 away from 200. See, math skills, awesome. I'm your host, Harry Duran. For all these years, if you're new to podcasting, if you're new to the podcast, this is the show where I talk to folks who have amazing podcast shows. We dig deep into what made them start the show, why the heck they would want to start a podcast, what they were thinking, and why they continue with it, and more importantly, what makes them tick, and why they have the wonderful lives that they do. And it's my amazing opportunity to have conversations every week with people. And this is some of my most favorite times of the day, that hour I get to spend with the hosts on the show. In case you missed last week's episode, we got a bit personal. We talked about uh, the importance of seeking out a therapist when you're having challenging times. And that was with Greg Clunas, host of Tiny Leaps and Big Changes. Greg and I had known each other and met each other probably three years back around the time that I actually started Podcast Junkies, courtesy of a Chris Cerrone meetup. Shout out to Chris. Um, guest number nine and 50. And uh, we had a it, just a long overdue overdue conversation with Greg. I'm glad uh, of the with the success that he's having with his show. It's been amazing to see how many uh, different things he tried podcast wise before he landed on this amazing program, Tiny Leaps and Big Changes, episode 188. Make sure you check that one out. This week, another fantastic guest and another great friend, Kyle Gray, He's the creator of the Story Engine and the Story Engine podcast. He's an epic, epic content creator. He is probably one of the best people that I know that knows how to write those long-form blog posts that are super engaging, super content-rich, a lot of backlinks, a lot of um, compelling information, gets people to read uh, every single line on the blog post, and it keeps coming back for more. And I've always been fascinated by people that can do that, and I don't think I, I know of anyone who does that better than Kyle. And we were, uh, we met, we've met a, a while ago, we'll tell the story in a, in a couple of minutes, but um, we reconnected at a conference and it's it's just been great to see him start his own show. So we actually get into the background of, of, of Kyle prior to podcasting and we talk about the early stages of the show, um, the differences between creating content via the written word versus the spoken word how he uses uh, what he calls the harvest method method to um, to help collaborate with people who to get them interested in the post and also to bring people in on the collaboration of the post. And we link to all these amazing uh, posts in the show notes, so don't worry about that. He talks about the importance of continuously adding value and how he's grown as a host and an interviewer. He helps us understand where to draw boundaries with guests, which I think is a very important topic for hosts to be cognizant of some of the tools that I use when interviewing podcasts we touch on, and techniques that Kyle uses while producing his podcast. Uh, We talk about how he continuously updates his content and touch upon his educational and travel background and touch upon the couple of books that he's written because not only is he an epic blog post writer, but he's also an established author and he's working on book three. So really great content-rich, show notes-rich episode. I think you're you're really, really going to love this, and I'm looking forward to your feedback on it. Full show notes, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Maybe not so much blood. That's a little weird. But, <laughs> but a lot of love into the, the show notes, so please check them out, podcastjunkies.com forward slash 189. 
This episode is brought to you by Focusrite. They continue to be a sponsor of the podcast, and I can't say enough good things about them. I'm in love with the Focusrite 2i2, the Scarlet 2i2, aka the Little Red Box, as one of my clients referred to it. And it just sits here on my desk uh, as I record this episode in my parents' house in Yonkers, New York, visiting here for the week, and I'm going to be taking it on the road with me. I now have the uh, Shure SM7B going into the Focusrite, and the Shure is a, a bit of a gain-hungry microphone, so I've got the um, this, the FET head, which boosts the signal, and that's going into the Focusrite, and the Focusrite gives me a ton of control, not only over the volume, but also over the the headset. And so when I'm on calls with clients, when I'm on calls recording these intros and outros, it's nice to have that control. And it's just clean, clean sound. So I can't say enough good, enough good things about the Focusrite Scarlet 2i2. Uh, highly recommended if you're just getting started with your show. Quick promo for my newest show. It's called Podcasting for Thought Leaders, tentative title. I may change that, but for now, that's what it's called, Podcasting for Thought Leaders. So look for it in the iTunes store, Apple Podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's my new show to support my business, Fullcast, and it's a weekly recap of all things that are happening in the podcasting world. There's so many newsletters coming out about podcasting that it's crazy. Uh, and for me to stay on top of it, and I, what I wanted to do is uh, give my take on the news, pull out the tidbits that are relevant for folks that are uh, interested in the podcasting space or have a podcast or are using a podcast to grow their business. And all those things are helpful. And so I'm going to consolidate that, try to keep that to about 15 minutes and try to get that out to you every uh, Friday. It's actually going to go out on Thursday this week <laughs> because I'm traveling. So check that out, Podcasting for Thought Leaders. Okay, enough of that. Let's get into this amazing interview with Kyle. So Kyle Gray, host of the Story Engine podcast, thank you so much for being my friend and thank you so much for joining me on Podcast Junkies. It's a big honor, Harry. I wouldn't have a podcast if it if it weren't for you and your encouragement and uh, and your your advice over these last couple of years. So um, and it's been an incredible experience uh, since since starting it over this last half year. So thank you so much. Uh, just right off the bat. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, as you might imagine, I'm, I've become the podcasting evangelist. And when we were talking about it, you you are the king of content creation. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of your backstory in a little bit. But I, I knew that, you know, content is, you know, podcasting is just content creation in, in, a, in a verbal form. And, and I think um, I had the feeling that you would you would take to it pretty quickly. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see the how, how quickly like you've just acclimated to it and you've gotten comfortable. And I was just listening to a little bit of the, the interview with James Shramko, um, <laughs> which also brings everything sort of full circle because James, for me as well, and you mentioned in your episode, is one of the earliest connections I had into the digital marketing world. He's one of the first memberships I've paid for. I think it was the quarterly membership or something like that. And And so you having him on must have been special as well. So let's let's backtrack a little bit and let's talk about your earliest recollection of when we first met. So when we first met, and this it ties back into James as well, I was working for WP Curve, which was a startup founded by Dan Norris, who is a prolific author, 
um, seven day startup content machine. And also guest number two on podcast junkies. Guest number two on podcast junkies. So yes, the, the prolific content creator. And uh, also more recently, um, very successful brewery uh, owner. True. But anyway, I was working for him and Dan had been creating a lot of content and growing his startup WP curve. The demands of the startup started growing faster and faster, and he needed some help to be able to free up time in other areas of the business. So he brought me on to start telling WP Curve's story and creating useful content for its audience. Through that process, uh, one of the things I was doing was just getting on the phone with some of our best customers or some of our most engaged uh, people in our audience, which you were one of them. And I can remember actually sitting in a Starbucks having a call with you um, and just chatting, yeah, chatting over some of the stuff you were working on, what you were excited about, what you were doing, what. And we were talking about podcast junkies because at the time WP Curve was helping you guys uh, maintain the, the WordPress site. That's right. Um, for those. And so, yeah, that's how we first connected. And uh, it must have been maybe a year, probably at least a year later, where we uh, bumped into each other at an event um, called Reach Academy Live. And uh, I remember hearing your your smooth radio voice just uh, getting up and getting in front of the stage and kind of talking about your experience at the event. And I was like, I know that guy. And uh, so just ran over and talked to you. And uh, yeah, which which uh, was the beginning of an amazing friendship and tons of different adventures in each of our businesses. Yeah, it was so exciting. Uh, Adventure Reach, for those that don't know, is uh, run by Pete Vargas and team. Uh, and it's a, a platform for helping you become a better speaker. And I think at the time, Pete had come to an event run by uh, Dan Martell in Toronto, and he showed up to support him. And I said, who's this Pete Vargas guy? And then I was like, well, I, I want to learn how to be a better speaker. And I signed up and then, um, you know, putting a face to the name, you know, because I don't think we had had a video chat no. at that point. We were just, just, it's just been an email. So I was like, oh, the Kyle Gray. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we sort of found our, our little rat pack there and a group of friends that kept connected over the years. And we've been in, just helping and supporting each other ever since. And it's so, it's, it's been exciting to, support you and uh, as you got started with uh the podcast I, I, I thought it was i gave you the microphone recommendation which i think you're using now the atr 21 yes sir <laughs> and so i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the work you were doing just slightly before you got you know the, the podcast bug was kicking in um what were you working on at the time and how you were thinking that maybe a podcast could could complement that definitely um so before I start talking about some of the work, there were definitely at least two non-starting podcast attempts in in my life before the, before the Story Engine podcast really took off. The first was actually working right away with WP Curve. Kind of our first month uh, there, my job was to not only create tons of content for the audience, but also um, create a podcast, have a weekly podcast. And, uh, it was just a little bit too much to take on all at the very beginning of, of, uh, joining this startup and at where I was in my current skill set and journey. Um, it's evolved a lot since then, but, uh, what year was that? That would have been end of 2014. Okay. Um, I interviewed one person, his name was Brennan Byrne. 
and uh yeah it just didn't feel super strong yet we kind of got hung up in a lot of the the minor things that i think is pretty common like oh what's the opening track gonna be and you know what is the perfect introduction and who's gonna yeah. do the voiceover for it blah 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 um, all the details. It's like it's like the same thing when new business owners like get so hung up on like their logo, you know. Yeah, or they or, or they get business cards and they incorporate and they get yeah exactly you know, all, all the stuff that has nothing to do with actually selling something and getting paid for yeah, it. Yeah, but it feels like stuff. <laughs> but anyway, so so that was the first attempt, and then um, more to your question of like what was I doing before my podcast. Um, I do a lot of uh, marketing around the areas of storytelling. For a long time, I was focused on creating great blog content um, and helping other companies develop strategies for creating great blog content and building teams for that um, and making it so that they can scalably grow this so that it's not dependent on one single person. Um, and uh, over the years, it's it's evolved more um, it from how do we create a content strategy for the long game to how do we create content that's going to get you results quickly, build a story around that, and then create a system that you can uh, consistently start selling with. And so probably when I, uh, before I was in the podcast and as I was creating the podcast, I was slowly transitioning into um, storytelling and uh, building building sales funnels for for various groups recent most recently i've been really focused in the health and wellness space which was probably um this was something i i really started to work on a lot in 2018 narrowing down the audience um and using my own story to connect with them in a unique way so i started creating the podcast um this podcast in mid 2018 and at first, um, even though, well, I'll tell you about my my second non-starter, which is when we were masterminding together, you had really encouraged me to create one. And I started by just trying to create these five to 10 minute episodes. And I spent a lot of time, I'm a writer by trade. And so I was doing, I was trying to like write out the script and then speak it. And I also tried to do everything myself at first, which was total totally bad move which most podcasters are apt to do because they're all getting started solo so yeah and, and that's the way that's the way you learn too absolutely absolutely so it was definitely a learning experience but i can remember one moment in particular um there's an we have another mutual friend named re perez who's a great uh, branding uh, strategist and i had a phone call scheduled with him but i can remember him calling me and uh, I was totally taken by surprise by this because I was in GarageBand trying to edit, you know, cut out every little um and ah in my podcast episode. And it was just driving me nuts. And I was so flustered, forgot that I had a call. He calls me up and I'm just like halfway crazy. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Re, I tell you what's going on here. And he's like, well, let me maybe we'll just I'll call you back and we could talk another time because I was just loopy. I've been known, and uh, like we've said before, I'm good at creating systems and processes to to make a lot of these tasks that I don't want to do very uh, uh, or like outsource to somebody else, so I don't have to worry about those things. And that was the big thing in uh, the big difference in the success of the Story Engine podcast, which uh, was simply yeah having somebody help me uh, edit the audio 
send the send the audio to Rev to be transcribed and putting it together into WordPress with nice images and quotes and all these things, which is now nowadays I just have to hop on the phone and do an interview. And then, uh, yeah, I'm all set with that. The interesting thing, when I started uh, this podcast, I didn't I didn't have a launch date. I didn't have any like I didn't have any of the music or any of those things that I was talking about mm -hmm. together. All I did was I put together a landing page that talked a little bit about the podcast, said I have a list of this many people who want to hear you. And I put a nice video on it. And with that, just started reaching out to people who I wanted to talk to for an hour. And there's a there's a mysterious effect that happens. You can call up influencers, anyone you want, and you can say, hey, can I talk to you for an hour? And they're going to be like, no. But if you say, hey, I have a podcast. Can I talk to you for an hour? They'll say yes. Magically, magically, magically that hour opens up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even without a real, you know, no podcast launch, they could have like done their due diligence on me. They would have seen at least a, a good looking website with lots of content, but no podcast stuff mm -hmm. yet. But really like nobody, nobody had any problems with that and uh, started collecting. I maybe collected 12 to 15 interviews um, because I just wanted to talk to people that were interesting yeah. to me and create those opportunities. That's what mm -hmm. has always uh, turned me on about podcasting anyway. So once I got to that amount, then I was like, okay, let's really, let's start taking this seriously. So I picked out my seven favorite episodes and then started the process of getting them edited and getting them batched up. And there was a lot of trial and error, but ended up launching, yeah, the podcast with seven episodes and uh, and an episode zero. Um, again, one of your awesome recommendations. Uh, and um, yeah, just started, kept kept the kept the thing rolling. And now I think we're at, uh, we probably, I think James Shramko is episode 25 or 26 or something, mm. um, wow. at least of the interviews. And I've done about five or six more uh, mini episodes, which uh, yeah. were, were similar to the format I originally tried to work in. But uh, it's become a lot better and a lot easier uh, with practice and time. So this is interesting because you're a prolific uh, content creator when it comes to the written word. And for those of you that are not familiar with uh, long form blog posts, uh, this is exactly what you are. That's your that's your genius <laughs> because they're just the, the epically researched uh, with backlinks and like super SEO friendly tagging people, mentioning people. And I know you, you also have a strategy for how you share those blog posts. So maybe for the benefit of the listener, we can you know do a little quick one-on-one on best practices if anyone wants to do something like that. But I'm wondering how it's been different for you because for someone who's created so much content yeah. and you've also written books as well. And we can talk about those. So I'm making notes of all the things we got to come back to. But, but for someone that's created that much content in written form, how has it been to, you know, what? how do you see or do you anything in terms of how now you're creating, you're also creating content, 25, 26 episodes is nothing to sneeze at. And, but this is all spoken. Mm -hmm. It's all interviews and it's all conversations. Yeah. So these questions tie in really nicely together. Um, so what I was doing with long form content, I haven't been doing as much long form blog posts on my site, but I've actually been doing even longer form, working on longer form content and uh, have a book that's about 90-ish percent done uh, that I'm hoping to release uh, late next quarter. 
or this quarter, quarter one of uh, 2019. And uh, what's it called? Selling with Selling with Story. So it'll be the yin to the yang of my first book or uh, called The Story Engine, which is kind of my process for capturing your story and building a scalable marketing campaign around it. This one, again, is about how do you get clear on your story fast? How do you translate that into a compelling offer? And how do you start selling that scalably? So driving revenue to the business quick. So they, they pair together nicely. But anyway, through my long form, I, I've always loved content because of the relationship building aspects. Podcasts are excellent at this, but there are ways to do this with long form content. Um, and I can tell you about our, I have a blog post called um, The Harvest Method, or this is kind of a process, which mm -hmm. is about creating great content and then using leveraging the content you create to start building relationships. For a lot of people, they assume that once you finish uh, a blog post, um, then it's done forever, mm -hmm. which is usually usually the case as far as uh, audio or visual content goes. But you can consist consistently update and expand written content infinitely, which creates a lot of opportunities. If you've got a good long form post with that has traction and has interesting ideas, you can use that as a tool to reach out to people and say, "Hey." I quoted you in this post, or hey, I'd like to quote you in this post. Can we hop hop on a call and do a quick interview? Is there anything I can link to of yours? Or I noticed you have this thing and I mentioned you in here. And with just that simple collaboration, it's a really nice, no cost of entry way to kind of get in the door and start a conversation with somebody, um, which can transform into all kinds of things. It can, uh, here's one great example. In writing this blog post, The Harvest Method, I published it and a couple of weeks later, I found a friend of mine, Tyler Basu from Thinkific, posted on Facebook saying, how do you build relationships with people? Or how do you create authentic relationships? Something like that. Anyway, it was very much in line with, with this article I was writing. And people were just comments, comments were coming down down the pipe. And uh, I started reaching out to some of the people that were commenting with their really great responses. And I was like, hey, I've got this great blog post, but it's missing exactly what you said. I'm wondering if I can quote you in that. And I did that with three or four people. A couple of them were with Thinkific. So we had built up that relationship, started communicating a little bit. And then all of a sudden, we both got wind that we were going to be at the Traffic and Conversions Conference in, uh, in San Diego. Yep. And so we had set up a lunch. And uh, we're now talking together at lunch and have since done a lot of different uh, collaborations where I've built my course on Thinkific. I have uh, um, gotten introduced to new podcast guests, new joint venture partners, thanks to Tyler and uh, the amazing guys I met at Thinkific and thanks to that lunch, which all started with just using the Harvest Method to again, identify uh, a way that I could add value to somebody through my content and uh, reaching out and collaborating. That's interesting because a lot of times when people think about those posts, they they might have half of it right. And they said, well, there's a post where they're talking about something that's related to something I did. So I'm gonna, so I'm going to say, hey, this sounds, this is right up my alley. And I talked about this in my post. You should go read it. And what you did, it was actually found a way to demonstrate that what they were adding to the conversation 
be something that would add value to what you were working on. And so you were saying, hey, what you said is really valuable and I think it would make my content even better. And I think that's that extra step that really allows people to feel valued for, for what they're doing and, and also makes it feel like you're not trying to like just poach the traffic, you know, that 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 Tyler had started. And, and you know, definitely I agree with um, what you're saying about the Think- Thinkific guys because I've been always in com- conversations with them, Tyler and, and Rob Balasabas as well. It's a really great guy. And so, I mean, um, my course as well is on Thinkific, so nothing but good things to say about them. But I think that approach of continuing to add, you know, multiple layers of value um, is something that it sounds like you've you've had as as a as a way you do business for a long time. Absolutely, I think that's that's really at the core of what I'm doing. And you know, we can look at the opposite approach where I get emails almost every day. And this is what 99% of people do instead. They'll say, hey, I saw you have a blog post and I have similar content, you know, that talks about the same stuff. Will you link to my stuff in your blog post? It's like, hey, I've never met you. I have no idea who you are. I don't even like, I don't even want to take the time to research you know, what you're doing to see because you you haven't you haven't offered anything to me. And so that's that's kind of the the world that I see a lot of a lot of these people doing. And maybe it's it must be successful sometimes because that somebody's got to be biting because I, I there's so many of these emails going around or somebody who's really good at selling this process as something that works. Mm-hmm. And uh, podcasting has really uh, been very similar to that, where uh, I, I always try to frame it, whether I'm getting on other people's podcasts or inviting people onto my own show, how can you add value to, how can I add value to my audience or how can I add value to the guest? Um, and how can I make this a really incredible um, thing? And tying back into nice written content. Uh, one of the things I've done uh, or was doing previously uh, before I actually had a podcast was um, interviewing people for about 30 or 40 minutes and then taking that interview and transcribing it into a written post and then publishing that, um, kind of featuring them as the as the main person. And uh, so instead of, I've I've just now modified that. Going through that a couple of times, I was like, this is pretty much a podcast. I, I actually could do <laughs> yeah. a podcast more easy than this. Yeah. Um, so instead now I've taken those interviews, I still transcribe them because I think it's really good to, especially for a uh, 30 or 40 minute uh, interview that turns into a lot of words. And so, uh, yeah, incorporating that into, uh, um, into the kind of the long form content I'm already creating and having good audio to accompany that. And even a little bit of video, I like to take short clips from my interviews, which I do over Zoom, mm-hmm. um, and uh, use that for social media, whether it's on Instagram or LinkedIn, or um, yeah, just embedding it right into the, uh, the post itself. How have you grown so far, you know, with, with the episodes that you have under your belt um, when you got started you know having these you've had some of these conversations before so you were you were not new to interviewing folks but do you feel like you've grown as a host and as an interviewer as the show's progressed i think so um it's really uh i i kind of have my a style of 
trying to be really, really present in the moment. I don't do a lot of preparation up front, but I just listen intensely and follow my curiosity um, with with that. And I think uh, it's helped me be more present. I've I've tried to make sure that my my space where I record and um, kind of everything's distraction free so that I can just be there for that person. And I think that um, it's been a skill that, yeah, I've been developing through this and, and getting better at. Again, like one of the things I want to continue to work on is maybe uh, there's there's always a balance to keep, but I want to, you want to try to ask questions that are a little bit different, that are a little bit unique. And often those are questions that are also sometimes could possibly be uncomfortable or a little bit risky. And so bringing those questions forward in a non-threatening way that gets people to open up in, in unique ways. Yeah, and, and and a lot of the things you're saying, regular listeners will, will resonate with and, and it'll sound familiar because it's something just I, I keep hammering home, this idea of focusing as much attention onto your guest as possible. And you know, the conversation will flow naturally. I mean, we were chatting for almost half an hour before we even got started recording here. Yeah. And and it's just a matter of uh, making this conversational as possible, never forgetting the intimate medium that we're, we're, we're leveraging here. A lot, you know, 90% of people are going to be consuming this on earbuds. And so to the extent that you can feel like you're having a conversation and you're talking into people's ears, I think that's where they start to develop a connection to you as a host and, you know, I don't know if you're far enough along for people to have started giving you feedback on the episodes, but, you know, if you start doing it and you keep doing it enough and you start letting people in into your personal life a little bit. So in your intros and saying, hey, we're going to start the show and it's been an interesting week so far and this is what I'm working on. And, you know, they start to know the name of your dog and <laughs> mm-hmm. they start to know little things about your life. And it's it's a funny experience. And and um, I'm happy that, you know, we can now uh, call each other podcasters and <laughs> you're now in the, in that realm and, and, and I'm, I'm happy to see the progress that you've made so far. I love that. And there's, yeah, there's a lot uh, to unpack there. One of the things I've been trying to, I really, I, I just did a mini episode uh, yesterday about my 2018 year in review. And like we were talking about on uh, before we started recording and on this, I want to bring more ownership and more of myself and more of my personality into everything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so that the mini episodes talking about me and what's going on in my business have been a great outlet for that. And, and they do resonate with people. I can see that in the stats. Also, another thing that you were saying that really uh, has struck me, especially recently, is also understanding where to draw boundaries with your guests or you know how to how to protect your your audience because there's been a couple of times where you know guests just simply I don't know they haven't been it, the conversation hasn't been that good or that interesting and I don't feel like there's anything that fresh or there's been times where um, maybe I'm not sure if the guest was necessarily like inexperienced in podcasting or they did you know have some kind of stuff going on in their lives but. Um, I've, I've hopped on to interview calls where they're driving in their car and they expect Mm. to be able to do a podcast, uh, be a podcast guest while driving. And I'm like, no, that's not going to work. And, uh, um, being able to, again, set up boundaries and draw the limits and, and make sure that you put your audience first, though I love to build relationships with my guests and it's one of my favorite parts of it. It will never come at the expense of 
the relationship with my audience and the trust that that I've created there. Yeah, that's super important, Kyle, because I think most people take that stuff for granted. And I think there's a lot to be done. I always, I always talk about this idea of treating your guests like gold, but also ensuring that the listener is having an experience where they feel like you've taken the time to be considerate about you know what they're listening to the newest number i think is 620,000 podcasts in in apple itunes and you know with so much noise out there people are are very discriminating about what they listen to and you don't want to waste people's time because i i know that you know if i listen mm-hmm. I, I give a new podcast maybe a couple of minutes <laughs> at 2x <laughs> on my on my podcatcher and then i'm like uh or maybe a, a, you know it's hard for me to find a new show because i just i know the ones that I've put my my trust in, you know, week in and week out, and those are my go-tos. And so for anyone else to crack that circle and just, you know, it, it would have to be either a friend's show. There's nothing better than me for me to listen to a, a friend that's a host interviewing someone who is also a friend. So that's sort of why I was, I was listening to yours with James, because like I know both of them and I just love that part of it. And it's that intimacy um, and hoping to to learn something that and you actually learn more about your friends when you listen to that. So just that that natural curiosity is, I think, something you were alluding to, and just treating the you know the listeners' time with respect. And I, and I love the fact that if people aren't coming prepared and aren't coming to you know give them the best version of themselves on your show, that they don't make the cut, you know, and they, and, and they're not going to be they're not going to be an episode on the story engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes more than than having you know some big claim to fame or you know just because you have a really cool business or a really cool story or some kind of successful thing um yeah if you don't show up ready to go that's not it's it it won't cut it yeah one of the things i've been doing is uh i've I've put it on my page now so if if you go to fullcast.co forward slash interview prep um it's just a list of things you can send a guest ahead of time to kind of have them be ready for the show. And so Ooh. that might be some ideas uh, we can talk about after as well. And and I'll, I'll put I'll put the link in the show notes as well. But it's just this idea of like, hey, you're going to come on, like have uh, some water handy, like if you're going to be in a loud, in a loud environment at the very and you don't have a microphone, because I'm 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 grateful that I have a show about podcasting where you interview podcasters so nine, 99 times out of 100 they're going to have a good mic so but i know that's not the case for most podcasters but just letting them know hey if you if you're not going to have a mic then at least earbuds at the very least because this idea mm-hmm. of talking talking into your laptop is like the worst thing i mean probably driving their car is the worst yeah <laughs> but talking into your laptop is like second worst because you get that feedback and sometimes that feedback makes it into your audio so there's that audio bleed and just into uh, i found a, a tool called trip mode if you go to tripmode.ch, it actually toggles apps that are using the internet. And I, uh, oh. right before, yeah, right before we jumped on this call, I, I turned mine on. And so the only thing that's using the internet right now is uh, Chrome. Um, so, uh-huh. so, you know, Dropbox, iTunes, iCloud, all these little apps now, they all have like these little Evernote, they all have this little internet connection. And when you're on a call, when you're on a call like this um, using Squadcast, then we, Every little degradation to the internet signal is going to affect the quality of the call. So um, that's that just is a great one. Yeah. So yeah. little little things like that, and uh, so trip mode, and and just kind of that that whole. What you want to do is set your guests up, you know, to let them know like what they're coming to, and it's like, okay, this is what's going to happen, and it just establishes you as a host as having like being professional and then just welcoming them, welcome, welcoming them, <laughs> onto your stage. I know 
Advanced Reach, we talked the, about the importance of offline and online stages. And I'm, I really hammer home this idea. Once I heard that, I was like, yes, this makes sense. Like this podcast is my stage and, you know, you're a guest on it. And then in your podcast, you know, you're inviting people on onto your stage. And and so there's, if you were to have a, a live event and you would have 10 speakers, you know, you would make sure that before they came on, they knew what they were getting into. So a little bit of that goes a long way to, to making sure. And, and you've already got that filter in place um, that discernment filter. So, you know, you know, I, I get the sense that you're already thinking about your listeners when you're having guests and even probably as you're starting to schedule new guests as well. Definitely. And also, you know, I have this in mind. Um, I, I got a lot of experience being a guest on podcasts before I started my own. And I'm aware of all of these things in my outreach. Like I'll say, hey, to, to, podcasts that I reach out to, I have an ATR 2100 mic. Like I know what a good podcast is like, and I know what your expectations are. So I'm going to show up ready to ready to play at the level of quality that you really want, which I think um, makes a big difference in my ability to get on shows because uh, they, they know that I take them seriously and respect them and want to create quality with them. Do you actually mention that, that you, that you have the mic? Absolutely. I have a, like I, like I have a, a landing page that yeah. invites people onto my show. I have a landing page, like a, uh, it's almost like a speaker one sheet, which is something that we talked about and worked on in advance your reach, but it's a landing page that has a short bio of me, a video of me talking, addressing the podcaster. Hey, thank you so much for creating what you've done. I know how much work and love goes into creating a great show. And here's how I can help your audience uh, with these things. So I have a video auto plays that I have kind of like popular topics that I speak on. Um, and I even have this funny little button. It's a little hokey, um, but I've used HTML uh, code so that when people click the button, it automatically creates a pre-populated email with me uh, as the recipient and saying like, I want you on the show in the subject line. And then, you know, something in the body that says, when can we start? So it's, it's kind of funny. I don't know if that it's like, I don't know if people actually click yeah. on that button, but, uh, but it's, it's like a little funny thing, but just having the video together, the video I, I see as like, it's a little mini audition um, to let me, yeah, to let me onto their show. So if I can show up well in that quick video and then show them again, have a list of little things that how I can say, I also say I'll promote your show to my list of, of people, which, uh, has been, uh, something I've been learning recently is like surprisingly challenged sometimes to get your guests to actually promote the, yeah. the interview. But I also understand as somebody who's been a guest on many shows, that it's difficult to promote yourself or to promote uh, when you go on other podcasts sometimes, because unless you, a lot of the times the things you're saying, um, you know, if you're pretty comfortable with the same story and the same topics, you'll overlap over and over again. And so it's not always poignant to, to keep saying I, I've been on all these different podcasts. So there's a balance to keep there yeah. for people who want to be guests and, and people who want to be hosts. It's an interesting thing seeing both sides of the equation. Well, we definitely want to link to that page. I want listeners to get a peek at that. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Make sure, I'm happy to share that uh, one. Yeah, send that over. We're going to make sure that the, or the other thing we're going to make sure we include is your link to the Harvest Method post. Um, so I just want to, you know, kind of lean into your expertise a little bit. So obviously it's a, it's a long form blog post and it would take probably, how long do you think it would take to read that thing? 
it's maybe if you were just reading through it, you know, it's maybe a 20, 25 minute read. So I want to, I want, I want people to, I want to entice people to go check it out and we'll provide the link at, uh, to that as well. But, you know, just to kind of uh, talk about what your genius is, can you talk about the high points of what, why you created that post and, you know, what are some of the, the key takeaways from there for folks that are just interested in this idea of, you know, creating some of them more, you know, cause people know they should be creating blog posts and they know, they know they should be connecting with folks, but I don't think they've, they've ever put all the pieces together. Like I've seen you do wonderfully. So, um, and I think this, um, what you talked about in the blog post is relevant. So maybe just the, the high points to get people interested to, to look into it more. Absolutely. So it's a four step process in the harvest method. And again, before I, before I get into the details of the process, I, I've mentioned this before, but the thing about creating content, whether it's podcasts or videos or blog posts or speeches or whatever I'm making, the thing that is exciting, most exciting for me is the thing that gets me up in the morning is like, who do I get to talk to? Who do I get to meet? Who do I get to engage with? I've surround myself with inspiring people. And actually, like there's been times um, that that I've actually uh, shared with you on masterminds occasionally where I've been like feeling really down and not sure if I want to keep going in entrepreneurship. But when I'm like, OK, I'm going to turn away, get a job or whatever. Um, it hasn't happened for a while, thankfully. Um, but when I'm like standing on that edge, I'm like, well, if I get a job, then I'm going to have to like be stuck to that and I won't get to meet and engage with cool people anymore. And that would be a tragedy. I'm like, I can't, can't go that way. Okay. Keep, keep trucking on. Yeah. So people don't realize, I think when creating content, they're very focused on building an audience, which is so important. Can't, can't uh, express express that enough but people really miss out on like who you connect with the friends you make the guests the the people you feature and how do you use that to open new doors for other collaborations and so that's what this process is all about and so if you're you can do this um, maybe a little less effectively in video and audio but really really well in written content um, but this harvest method is just a way to start to open up doors um, to really interesting people. And I've, I've got a great story about how I did this with Seth Godin to kind of cap it off. But uh, first, step one is plow the field. You've got to understand, you know, what you're creating, what you want to create, and, uh, and then start to build up a little bit of a, a little bit of contact with people or like know, know who's out there and, and how to reach out to them and what their needs are so that you can see you, once you understand the landscape of who and what's going on, then you can start putting the pieces together. Then there's planting the seed and that's reaching out to somebody and saying, again, like, like I was mentioning before, Hey, um, I, I know that you're brilliant in this. I'm creating this content around this. Can I feature you? Can I uh, like I want to I want to do something uh, with you? Um, so that's that's uh, the beginning of the the outreach, and you want to make sure that your outreach is strong. Um, one of the ways, one of the best ways that um, our best tools I have for outreach uh, is still uh, BombBomb. I love it. It's a video email tool where you can just send a quick one minute video embedded with an email um, that uh, gives you a little bit more of a human touch, especially in the inbox. 
Yeah, I know we've talked about that. That that was a great tip that I learned at Adventure Reach. Is does that create an animated GIF in the email? Because the challenges with with video is always that you can't people don't know it's a video, so you kind of kind of induce people into clicking it because they know it's going to be a video. But it does have a little bit of an animated GIF okay. um, where you see that, and there's a couple of frames. And what I'll do, which I learned from the the Bomb Bomb team themselves, is I have a little whiteboard. It's somewhere over away from my screen right now. But I take my whiteboard and I write hey, Tom, or whoever I'm reaching out to and just hold it in front of the camera right up to the thing so they see, oh, this is just for me. Because if they just see, it looks like you're talking, but they can't hear anything, they might just think this is a generic video. But when they see the whiteboard, hey, Tom, talking to them, they'll, they'll it'll get them to open it. That's um, so that's really powerful. So, um, and then, so step three is all about making it as easy as possible for them to say yes. So there's like, if you ask them, can I feature you in this post? Um, then, you know, if they say yes, well, then they have to think about like, okay, well then what do they want me to say? How much do I have to say? Where do I need to say it? Do I need to write it and send them in a Word document to mm -hmm. them? Or do, you know? So instead you eliminate all of that. So it's just so they know exactly what they need to do and they're they're totally set so saying hey i would like to interview you i'm gonna we're gonna do a phone call for 15 minutes and i'm gonna take what we say and i'm gonna write that um, and put it into the post but i'll share it with you to make sure you're happy with it before so you make it as easy as possible for them to add their value and add their genius which makes it pleasant for them to uh to have a part and then finally step four is harvest and feast. And this is where the really good stuff comes in. You get them into the post and uh, then you you make sure that the content they add is useful for them and their audience and it's useful for you and your audience. So if you haven't published it yet, publish it and get it out in front of people and, and promote it and uh, get a good response. And if your audience responds and loves what they say, send, send them like pictures. Sometimes I'll get texts. Like I got a text from one of my friends saying, oh man, I loved when you interviewed Chris Zeno on your podcast. It changed my life. I sent Chris that the picture of that text because you want to make sure like, oh yeah, this is winning. This is engaging and mm, seeing, make it, make it easy for them to share too. Yeah. So you can send them an email saying, hey, I've got this click to tweet if uh, if they're into Twitter or here's a quick little segment here or here's a couple of things you can share. Make it easy for them to promote it to their audiences too so that both of you can, can win. And if you've already published the post, then you really want to make sure it's super easy for them to promote. But uh, the good thing here is like a post that you published a year ago, you can add a little update, add a link from somebody, you know, somebody else, somebody new who uh, you've built up a relationship with and that through this content and they'll share it again and breathe new life and new traffic into an old post. And you can do that over and over again. There's no word limit. There's no content limit to your long form, you know, blog post. So you can keep doing this and just keep building on the, the solid content you've already created um, instead of trying to create new stuff. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, I haven't, I've, I'm nowhere near as prolific as you when it's come to, to producing this type of long form content, but I've always been drawn to it. And so the couple of times that I've done it, I've thought about, well, what's a, a lot of content that I can get into one post? And so one of the earliest ones I did was the exhaustive list of podcasts about podcasting. And now that you mention it, and I did it on Podcast Junkies, and it's probably two or three years ago, but I mean, occasionally I still see people like, it's one of the most popular, po it's one of the 
longest posts and the closest thing resembling a blog post on my on my podcast junkies site because the rest are just show notes from the episodes but it's i think it's consistently number one because it's just it was just a long form read and what i did that same thing i reached out to all those podcast hosts i'm like hey i just mentioned your show on this post and you know thinking about what you said that could still be, you know, I could revisit it and see, you know, I'm sure some of the shows are gone and there's, I've already seen on, on, on my feed, there's like a, at least five or 10 new shows about podcasting. So that never stops. So I think I'm going to take your advice and see if I could refresh that one. And then the other one was, uh, the, the tools post. I've seen people do this successfully, like the 67 tools I use, uh, in my business. And that's a great opportunity because I basically reached out to everyone that I tagged in there, you know, even folks at Evernote and I, I even sent, I tagged them on Twitter. And then I also, if I, I found an email, I sent them an email. I said, Hey, I bought you in, I mentioned you in this write-up of the tools that I use on my, on my, um, in my business. And I just realized that one's probably like a year and a half old as well for Fullcast. So I think those are two ideas for me to how to refresh content that's already exists. And, it, and obviously it wouldn't be as much work to refresh it as it, as it was to create it. Absolutely. And you can just put, you know, 2019 in there yeah. and uh, probably, you know, your, your, uh, your podcast about podcast post is old enough that you could, again, just by adding 2019 and changing out five to 10, you know, yeah. podcasts, it, it would be fresh for your, your audience again. Yeah. Like it's interesting. You could, you could promote it internally too. Do you do the practice where I've seen people sometimes do this either at the beginning or at the end, they sort of do it in italics and like a bracket and be like, update, you know, January 2015, update, you know, December 2016. Do you think that as a best practice that you should let the the reader know that it's something that you've added new content to or, or just putting it at the bottom or, or don't even bother and just say change from 2018 to 2019 in the title? Um, I think either way is good. I think it, it depends on in a list post. I don't think it's necessary. Okay. Um, like what you were describing, if perhaps like you were exploring a certain idea and now maybe your opinions have changed or something like that, then maybe there's a little bit more of an okay. appropriate place for a note like that. And how does it affect SEO? If the, the last time you posted it, it was the 2017, the list of exhaustive podcasts the exhaustive list of podcasts about podcasting but now it's 2019 so you it's the 2019 list of podcasts you would actually change the title and i know we're getting a bit geeky here but would you actually also change the wordpress slug so that it reflects the new title as well yeah i would do that um i think adding adding 2019 is a great way to uh to niche down any keyword. Mm. Um, and people are already always, always, always looking for the freshest content anyway. Got it. So, um, it'll, it, by, by having that search engines know, like they want to see, you know, the new fresh content. So having it updated in there, um, plus still having all of the backlinks and you, you're still collecting all of the backlinks. You're still collecting all of the, the authority and social signals that have mm-hmm. already gone to those posts. And so by updating it, you're just kind of supercharging uh, what you already have and, and creating even more momentum with it. Epic. Well, again, like I mentioned, we're going to link to that uh, epic Harvest Method blog post uh, so people can dive on that and and I encourage and and uh, get the listener if that's one of your goals for 2019 to to get a blog post out um read this first and then do it the right way <laughs> because if you're going to take the time to post it you might as well have it build relationships at the same time and build connections with other people um so thank you for sharing that absolutely so i'm wondering like i'm i'm guessing you majored in english in college 
I didn't. I majored in uh, international relations. Okay. So I just wanted to figure out how to travel. Mm. And that was pretty much my, my exclusive motivate. It got me into business too. Right. Yeah, I did international studies, um, studied abroad a lot in, uh, did some, did an exchange to Argentina um, and did some internships working for a nonprofit in Peru and an airline in Brazil. And I just loved my, my time spent in South America. And so for a long time, I was like, I've got to figure out how to be able to do this. And I started actually by listening to um, the Tropical MBA podcast, oh, yeah. learning about how these people were building businesses from their laptops. And uh, kind of as I was finishing my master's degree and building up a lot of these skills, I started connecting with some of these people actually using kind of a harvest method. I was teaching an entrepreneurship class at the University of Utah and, and said I had, I said I had a podcast, but it was really, we were doing Google Hangouts mm. um, at the time. And I just said, hey, I've got a, a room of 20 students who want to hear from you. Uh, can I interview you for a short time? Interviewed them. One of the people I interviewed turned out to be Dan Norris mm. and uh, told Dan when he said he was looking for somebody to hire him, I said, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm heading out to Southeast Asia to the Dynamite Circle Conference. I know you're going to be there too. And uh, two days before I got on the plane to go to Asia with $6,000 in my pocket and I was going to start a business or be damned, I got hired by WP Curve and, uh, yeah, started the, the wildest adventure of my life to date. Yeah, that's my even yeah, so pre-James Tramco, my internet internet marketing goes back to Dynamite Circle as well. That was an, an earlier. They were talking about James like he was this like god like he's like oh my god james franco james franco and i oh, remember yeah. and a lot of my earlier guests i mean i started the podcast when i was in dynamite circle so chris chigi um jesse lawler of uh, smart drug smarts who's been just kicking butt epic amazing love his podcast um and a couple of other folks uh just came out i just you know made some friendships there as well so so it, it's interesting because you've got this like love of the written word and and so has but and you've written a couple of books so talk a little bit about the the books you've written as well and then and then talk to me uh, you know where that comes from where this like urge to write because not everyone has it and a lot of people think they, they want to be and can be writers and so i wonder if you could talk a little bit about that journey yeah writing is an interesting beast for me i feel like i got interested in writing not at all from was not an english major like i said but doing international studies on both an undergraduate and graduate level um, had to write a lot of papers um, but i'll tell you there's a big difference between writing you know a, a paper for a professor that will maybe halfway read it once to writing for thousands and thousands of people and being graded by Twitter and Facebook instead of, uh, yeah, by, by a pen. It took a lot of practice. It took, um, I'm really grateful for the time I spent at WP Curve because that was pretty much exclusively my job was I, I had to show up and I had to write every day. And that was kind of how I, I built up that muscle over over a year and and spent a lot of time was very lucky to have Dan Norris's feedback and guidance through a lot of this content as well to kind of accelerate that process of really what is what is great writing but for my first two books my first one is called The College Entrepreneur 
which is all about how a college student can build a business while they're in school and leverage uh, their university's resources, scholarships, and reputation to graduate with something more than just a degree. Um, and, I, and I wrote that one mostly out of kind of like a passion of just like I, I wanted, I saw there was kind of a misalignment between what people were expecting to get out of university and what people really were. And I thought that this book could be the bridge. The second one is called The Story Engine, which is all about my process for, again, capturing your story, getting that clear. And then how do you build systems so that you can have people telling your story for you without you kind of getting bogged down, bogged down in the process? How can you add scale into your content marketing easily? For both of those, I kind of had a fire under my ass. There was either a time crunch or I was going through a challenging time. And I would do a miracle morning style writing. So I'd wake up first thing in the morning and then I had to just get 500 words out. Um, and if I could do 500 words, then I'd be feeling good. And this was actually surprisingly therapeutic because no matter what was happening during the day, you know, no matter what, what challenges came my way, I felt a lot better if I would have gotten up early in the morning and just made a little bit of progress on the book gave you a reason to wake up early. It gave you a reason to move fast. And again, 500 words. Yeah, it takes practice to, to even get to that point, but it's, it's not the most overwhelming um, amount of words. So you can just make a little bit of progress. But if you do that five times a week, 500 words times five, that's 2,500. So times four in a month, that's 10,000 words a month. So in three to four months, you can have a book pretty simply. Uh, and that's that's about how long it took. For the very few people who haven't heard about uh, Hal Elrod, we'll put a link to his book here, Hal Elrod, Miracle Morning, in the show notes as well. Yes. Yeah. And I've got to say, like, one of the things that this, the college entrepreneur is somewhat successful. Um, it was a good book, good ideas, well-reviewed. But, um, but the story engine has been very, very successful. And one of the reasons why is I'm not going for... Uh, I'm not going for royalties or I'm not going for, yeah, anything like that. Throughout the book, I've added links um, and resources and downloadable goodies like content strategy templates and scripts and frameworks that can help people go deeper into these topics uh, within each chapter. And so the book has become a lead generation tool or um, has helped me grow my list and my audience more than any other tool, more than any other content, more than anything else, uh, which has enabled me to, I think, launch a podcast as successfully as it was, which has enabled me to have an audience and have joint ventures and have kind of the clout and authority I have. And it's all thanks to, again, building in useful tools and resources so that um, you can capture the emails of your of your readers. And it also empowered me instead of trying to have a book that was, uh, again, just earning royalties, I could kind of keep my price low, which meant it sold more, which meant it was more visible on Amazon, um, which led it to being it's been a bestseller, you know, for it's been out for a little over a year and a half. And for at least a third of that time, it's been a bestseller. That's awesome. In uh, in several categories. 
So there's so much. This is going to be one of those episodes that's chock full of <laughs> links in the in the show yeah. notes, but it's all all great stuff. And so I'm wondering, you know, if you think about your journey and and you know, even in the time that we've known you, you said you. It's funny because you said the book has been out a year and a half, and I remember when you said the book was coming out and that you were working on it. So that's just a testament to you know we've been friends even longer than that. Um, but it's been. Um, within our our circle of entrepreneurial friends, and you said we were in a master, you know, that we share time in a mastermind. That it's just been exciting to see how your career and and your entrepreneurial journey has has taken off. And so, you know, kudos to you. I, I you know I wanted to just let you know publicly that I'm, I'm super proud of everything you're doing, and it's it's very inspirational. And I think uh, it'll inspire a lot of folks here to you know decide that there's no one way you know to 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 take this journey and and there's a lot of pitfalls along the way and and we fall on our face a lot uh some of which we were talking about prior to this call prior to jumping on here yeah. but i think um we just have to have the entrepreneurial spirit to, to just get up and learn from our mistakes and learn from our lessons and and figure out a way to move forward so we can have success in, in doing something that we're proud of i think so and uh on, on this note, I just remembered I, I had a story about yeah, Seth right. Godin that I didn't share that I think would be a great way to cap Perfect. it all off. And before I say that, yes, I'm I'm so grateful to to have you as a friend and for all of the influence and wisdom that, that you've shared with me uh, over the years. It's been an incredible journey and I look forward to many more. But uh, so this is an excellent case study in the harvest method and being collaborative and in, in getting, getting, and in podcasting too. If you don't know who Seth Godin is, then, uh, uh, you need to do something immediately because <laughs> he is the, he's, he's one of the true godfathers of marketing. There's a lot of hypey guys out there, but I really think like Seth is, is truly one of the best out there. And, uh, I've read several of his books. Um, he publishes a daily blog post, which is mind-blowing to me. So he's a prolific creator, too. And I had noticed Seth had just, um, it must have been on Twitter or somehow noticed that he had just barely released a new podcast called Akimbo. It was the day that the podcast had come out. And so I knew uh, Seth is a very busy guy, doesn't respond to everybody's emails, but most people are going to be contacting him about his older stuff or about stuff he's already created. There's an, and he is disproportionately excited about his podcast right now because he's just totally. releasing it. So I, I uh, noticed he had released this podcast episode, released or listened to the first episode called The Grand opening or the grand closing or something and started to, I just was really excited about it and wrote out maybe a 1500 word post on my experience, uh, following his ideas that he outlined in the episode and linked back to the episode and then promoted that to my list and also emailed it to him saying, Hey Seth, I'm a big fan. Loved this episode. Just did a write up about it. And Seth ended up leaving just a, uh, or replying to the email saying, Hey, thanks so much for the support and leaving a comment on the blog post saying this was a great post. Thanks for sharing. And, uh, though it wasn't like, you know, we're not, we're not drinking buddies or anything, but to be able to catch, capture the attention of one of the very, very top tier, mm -hmm. uh, marketers out there without a lot of effort, it took good timing, yeah. but you can do this with the right awareness of where these people are and what they need and what's going on with them right now. 
And so it opened up a new door and uh, yeah, that can be cultivated and grown from there. And so I just hope that that leaves you with uh, some encouragement and some inspiration on how you can really use content in unique ways to open up new doors for your for your business. Yeah, you were right. That's a perfect uh, bow <laughs> to this conversation on all the things we were talking about. So thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of questions as we wrap up. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? Something I've changed my mind about recently. Ooh, that's a good one. Something I changed my mind about recently. For a long time, I've been very focused on results, results-oriented stuff, you know, bottom line money. And um, I didn't think there was a lot of room for like playfulness or bringing in uh, like telling stories about, I love to ski, I love to rock climb, I love to go on adventures and travel. And I didn't think there was a lot of room or a lot of interest for those parts of my life uh, within my business or within what I was doing. And uh, I think that those are really key parts of who I am and, and bringing those into fully owning that part of my story within my business and my content and what I create, I think will help people connect with me on a deeper level. And so, uh, yeah, bringing that forward and not always trying to be just purely uh, bottom line oriented, I think is something I've changed my mind on recently. Yeah, that's really important. And we have the, the beautiful medium of podcasting lets you bring that emotion, lets you bring that personality into it on an on a, on a episode to episode basis. Absolutely. Uh, what's the most misunderstood thing about you? Hmm. I think... Uh, at least as far as like the the response I get from, you know, some of my old friends or, you know, a lot of a lot of people see, yeah, they see the great content, they see the books, they see all these things. And uh, they just think like, you know, like success is just kind of an automatic thing that's just been, you know, flowing and easy. And mm -hmm. I just, you know, hang out and sip on coffee and write blog posts and then money falls from the skies. Um, that's not so, how it works. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not so much how it works. It's been definitely like an up and down journey. And most of the time I'm just like, yeah, I'm just trying to trying to keep everything together. And so I think that that's a, a little bit of a misunderstood thing. And that's something, again, kind of to the last point I want to bring more of into of of kind of the, the struggle and the journey and the process mm. um, uh, and trying to trying to be more vulnerable in that uh, as it's happening. That's really important. Well, brother, thank you so much for uh, making this happen. Um, I'm, I think when I knew that you were starting a podcast, I already had put you in the queue. I'm like, okay, as long as he can make it past like the first couple and he's serious about it, he's I'm going to be inviting him on. So I'm glad we were able to make this happen. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of you uh, with everything you're doing. And you've got the perfect mindset for, for being a successful podcaster. So uh, congrats on your success. I'm looking forward to what you do with the show. Thank you so much, Harry, for having me on the show and for, again, everything. And uh, for everybody out there who's listened to the end, uh, thank you so much. You are an amazing person, and I'm grateful for your time and attention. Uh, where's the best folk, uh, place for folks to track you down? You can find me and everything we've talked about probably at thestoryengine.co, okay. just .co. All right. Well, thanks. And uh, here's to an awesome 29 for us both. Likewise, 2019. Here we go. Thank you so much for Kyle to come on the show was a treat for all of us. Wouldn't you agree? So much valuable information 
especially when it comes to content as it relates to blogs, which we can directly relate to the podcast. So I hope really that you enjoyed that. It's nice uh, to have friends come on uh, that are masters at what they do. And Kyle is no exception. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil, cedarsoil.com to check out his amazing music. Our sponsors are awesome and please support them. Focusrite is this week's sponsor and I can't say enough good things about the Focusrite 2i2. Make sure you check it out. Uh, We'll provide a link for that as well if you wanted to see it directly on Amazon. Check out my new show, Podcasting for Thought Leaders. It's another um, show that gives a weekly recap of everything happening in the world of podcasting. Tune in next week for my conversation with Brian McCullough. He's the host of Tech Meme Ride Home, a daily podcast, again, with a recap of all things tech. So there seems to be a trend about these recap shows. And similar to previous guest, Eric Mandy of The Newsworthy, Brian does the same thing except for tech news, which I've been enjoying as well. You've made it this far. You're no doubt listening for the retention hashtag. It is going to be Story Kyle in honor of the story engine. So Story Kyle, one word, hashtag Story Kyle. And you can tag us at podcast podcast underscore junkies and kyle at kyle the gray that's his awesome twitter handle kyle k-y-l-e the gray all together one word thanks for all you do to support the show i love you guys you're awesome see you next week